What's up? Welcome back to another week of Cud Talk. This week, PK and I discuss Ephesians chapter 3. And listen, this is one you're going to want to stay tuned for. We are going to talk about living your purpose uh, on mission for Jesus Christ. It's a great episode. Um, It's about 25 minutes long. So listen, put in your earbuds, hang out with us. Let's get it started. Chris, what's going on, brother? Good morning. How are you, man? Doing good, doing good. 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 Hey, we never really do any kind of uh, get-to-know-each-other small talk things. Not, yeah. that, not that people care so much. They're not listening to know about me and you. But I do think sometimes, like, so, for instance, the podcast yeah. I listen to, and maybe if you're at home listening or, or you, Chris, yourself, mm-hmm. um, think about podcasts you listen to. Ones that I really, really like is ones where I feel like I'm friends with the guys. Yes. And so I actually was listening to one yesterday, and he, he nicely told his fans, his listeners, he was like, we're not friends. <laughs> he was like, I know you feel like we are, but we're not. But I want our listeners to feel like they're our like friends. They're friends. So yeah. we are recording this on Valentine's Day. Are yes. you and Andrea doing anything for uh, Valentine's Man, Day? Man, my kids stepped up. I don't know if you saw the social media folks on Facebook. I did. Yeah. So we came home yesterday. Our kids, we, they, man, they made these hearts with, with, personal messages on us and they made us reservations for a, where are you going we're going to the tulip tree Ooh, in spartanburg never heard of that never have either but emma my, my daughter researched it got us a reservation and are they paying for it no <laughs> if you go on and see the actual picture the yeah. bottom of it in very small print says disclaimer I am not paying for the meal. <laughs> but, man, yeah, so we're going out tonight. And, tonight? Uh, tonight, Awesome. Yeah. So, so it's going to cool. be, good. Gonna be cool. good. What about you guys? We don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Uh, you just but, love uh, every day, right? No, yeah. no. It. Uh, my birthday is in February. My wife's birthday is in February. Right. My daughter's birthday is in February. So we don't have time to celebrate Valentine's yeah. We just celebrate each other, except for my son. He gets left out. Well, yeah, I get you. Well, <laughs> but his day's special uh, no, down the road. No, yeah, no, We so, do. We, we get them with so, gifts. Yeah. But me and Ariel, ever since we've been dating, but Valentine's like right in between her at birthday and my birthday yeah. and so we never really celebrated one time i took her to waffle house and uh, i said hey babe i said tonight uh, it's valentine's let's do something special i said let's i'm gonna take you to one of those places where they cook in front of you and she was like oh hibachi and i was like no waffle house, <laughs> no, waffle house right <laughs> newlyweds so, right i think you we know, were married like we four years yeah, at the time yeah that's, that's good i don't know that's it that's great but we never yeah. celebrate hope you had a good valentine's day by the time you're hearing this it's yes. two days past but hope you had a good one hope you loved on your spouse hope you loved on your kids uh, it's a good day. So uh, we're going to hop right into uh, Ephesians um, chapter 3 is where we were uh, Sunday, where Paul um, is, he kind of, he does this a little bit. He starts kind of like a prayer, and then he diverges into something else and goes off on a rabbit trail. Um, but it's a good rabbit trail. Obviously, it's in God's Word. We know that from Second Timothy 3.16, that all of this is good. Yes. Um, but he did go on a little bit of a rabbit trail, which is kind of where we're going to hang out today. Um, and really, when I read this, and when I read this text, I just think, man, you can hear Paul's heart for missions. Um, you mentioned it earlier. Um, I don't know if you mentioned it during the sermon, but you mentioned it earlier when we were prepping for the podcast, that He's really trying to, like, validate his ministry mm-hmm. um, to the people, not to himself. He's right. trying to, you know, let them know, hey, I'm here to, to especially to in this letter, I'm here to uh, preach the gospel to Gentiles and let them know they have a place. 
Um, which, by the way, if you're listening, um, and you two, we're Gentiles. We're Gentiles, um, yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah. um, he's letting them know, hey, I am on missions for them. That is my mm-hmm. job. That is my duty. That's why I'm writing this letter. I want you to join me. Um, and he says in, in a couple verses here, he says in verse 1, he says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus. That's important. And then he says in... Um, Let me see here. He says in verse 7, I was made a servant of this gospel, good news, by the gift of God's grace. And so I want you to take us into the reader, the the, the person, the Ephesian that is reading this letter. When he starts off and says, I am a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and, and then also because of this gospel, not only am I a prisoner, I'm a servant. And it is a gift from God. What would the reader have read when they heard that or when they saw that? Run. Probably. I mean, a lot of fear. I mean, yeah. a lot of anxiety, I think, would come with that. Because both of those words in our mind reading are negative. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it would have been in theirs, too. In theirs, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, why are you a prisoner first? Well, it's because you've done something against a law. You've broken something. Not only this is, is Paul's words not that he's just a prisoner at Rome under that authority, but now he's a prisoner of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so... You, the, 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 the initial thought is, I don't want to be a prisoner of anything, mm-hmm. whether it be Rome or Jesus in that. Because we understand that, you know, prisoners, the, the life they leave, the way that they're treated, the restriction that's placed on their life, that's not an attractive, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know, you know, if anybody just consciously says, hey, I just want to be a prisoner. Yeah. You know, but, you know, in the grander context of what coming to Christ means, yeah, it gets fleshed out later, mm-hmm. but initially that's a very, very scary <clears throat> thought, you know, mm-hmm. that if I'm going to follow Christ and, and you're telling me this message is going to change my life, incarceration is not the change I was praying for. I, I don't you know, know this, and I, and I want to be very careful uh, to not over-spiritualize the text, which means, I, I, I say over I don't want to add something to the yes. text that's not right. there or give Paul an attitude that's not there, but it almost feels like to me that Paul's like, I'm not even going to give Caesar that power that I'm a prisoner yes. of him. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm in this prison cell not because of Caesar. It not, might be because right. of his law, but it's because the will of Jesus Christ has me being in a prison. Yeah. And it ain't because of you, Caesar. If Jesus wanted to get me out of this cell, he would. But yes. because of his power and because of his will, I am okay that I'm a prisoner. That I'm a prisoner. And I'm absolutely. a prisoner because this is Jesus' will for me to be in this jail cell right now. Because yeah. it was Jesus' will that I kind of stir things up and try to get the Gentiles to come to Jesus. Well, and, it's not, and again, it's not because he's there because he did something wrong. It's because he did something right, which he was obedient. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, that throws a whole other monkey wrench into yeah. that understanding mm-hmm. for them. So, yeah, I think they would have really wrestled with that thought. So they hear prisoners so that they, they, they can think, okay, if I follow Jesus, his will is probably going to be for me to be uncomfortable. It mm-hmm. may not be that I'm going to be a prisoner like Paul was. Um, it may, um, but it's going to lead to an uncomfortable, I say uncomfortable, it's going to lead to a counterculture life. Sure. And then he also says in verse 7 uh, that he is a servant, and he's not just a servant, he's a servant, and that, that servanthood, being a servant, is a gift from God. How would they have taken that in? Again, Kind of under the same context, servants, I mean, who wanted to be a servant? Who wanted to work for someone else mm-hmm. to ser- meet everyone else's needs when, in essence, you're probably neglecting a lot of your own? And and to, to come under the role of a servant, to know that you are under some authority, once again, 
um, that's kind of a new thing, especially for these Gentiles. You know, they 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 really their lives were not under much authority. They had a freedom to do and live as they chose, and so. You know, again, don't want to throw thoughts into totally understanding that. But again, you're talking about this message that's supposed to to change your eternity, but yet it also, you know, it boxes you back in to mm-hmm. this life of 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 restriction, not freedom. Mm-hmm. That that the message that is being preached through Christ mm-hmm. is that, and so you know, they're not going. They don't want to just surrender themselves willingly. So to a life I want to go back to what you said real yeah, quick. Sure, in their minds. They think that it's restrictive and doesn't mm-hmm. lead to freedom, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, were that's saying? what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, okay. I, and I, I'm, 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 I think that's what they would be. Because that's what honestly, I would think. honestly, and and we, you may think that today, and I know the culture definitely does that. That Jesus, I know in, in the culture right now, we want no restrictions. Right. We want no restrictions on what you can title us. You want we want no restrictions on pronouns. We want no restrictions anywhere. Really, mm-hmm. we say we want to be a people of freedom, and. I would argue, and I believe this with all my heart, there is more freedom in restrictions. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, we're sitting in a room. There's a piano right across the hall, and um, there I have no restrictions in playing that piano. I don't know any of the rules. I don't know any of the restrictions. I don't know um, how to play. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest with you, all those are restrictions. You have to play certain notes in certain ways sure. using certain pedals. Those are restrictions to make it sound good, right? So do I really have freedom to go play that piano? No. No, right. But but our music minister, he knows those restrictions. He lives in those restrictions. He um he adores those restrictions. And so his fr- fingers are as free as can be. He yeah. he has so much freedom because he knows the restrictions. And so when when we say here that when Jesus says I'm a, or, or when, when Paul says I'm a prisoner of Christ Jesus, it is Christ Jesus' will mm-hmm. That I'm on this boat, that I'm behind these bars. People say, "Man, that's so restrictive." Jesus's will may restrict you, and he's like, "No, no, no." Right. He, he goes on later to write in Galatians, "Man, there is freedom, freedom in this. Yes, there is freedom because of restriction. Because you have these boundaries, you can now be freer than you ever were." Right. Um. And so let's go back. We dive, we we that's we, a good note. We went off a little rabbit hole there, kind of like Paul did. That, um, that's okay. And that's good. So so I I do think servant means a little something else. And so sorry, pick back up where you were with servant. Well, just going back to it again. When we when we talk about being a servant in Christ, you know, again, this is this is a sacrificial service. This is a surrender. It's a willing, willingly giving of ourselves mm-hmm. for the gospel and for the cause of Christ. Um, with the with this Gentile culture. And people, that's a new message to them. And I think that's something that I think both of us would probably agree is that you don't just automatically flip that switch in your relationship mm-hmm. with Christ. This is a maturity issue, a, a growth, a discipleship issue. When you begin to be able to see like you're talking, that restriction actually grants the greatest freedom mm-hmm. in, 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 in what we, because it takes a lot of things off the table in regards to, having to make those types of decisions on what's right and wrong, what we do, what we don't do, off of ourselves. We have a higher moral compass there that that allows us to live freely under yeah. those restrictions. And so I think that that, you know, this is a this is something they're growing into. Paul has grown into this, you know, you know, to live as Christ to die as gain. You know, so we, yeah. we get his message later. But but this just initial shock of those two yeah. associations of what it means to follow Christ would have, what I think probably would have been a stumbling block for a lot of those folks yeah. simply because they have not 
grown into that understanding fully yet. You know, with that. and you mentioned it a little bit on Sunday morning when when the, you heard the word servant. Um, you 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 use the same analogy that you know when you come to Christ, you don't just come to Christ to be saved. You you then have to serve Him, and so are you serving in the church? And and, and I think that's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. That was really that probably got some people thinking. Hey, I don't serve enough. I just want to mm-hmm. be served. But also, like going back to the 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 reader of this letter, they would have saw servant as man. Like you mentioned, there's no freedom in that. Um, I actually now I no longer live for myself. I live for the owner of me. Yes, right. <laughs> I live. I live life. for the person that is over me. That's what mm-hmm. they would have seen in servant. Somebody mm-hmm. owns them, and now they make all their decisions based on their owner's mm-hmm. opinion, thoughts, ideas, wants, desires. That's what it is to come to Christ. Right. To say, I am no longer living my life. Yes. Someone else is in control. I am going to live under that authority. I am going to submit to that. Mm-hmm. I want, and that is a great gift. And Absolutely you just it is. It, that I'm not in charge, that I am humble enough uh, that I say, God, I'm going to live under your authority. I'm going to be your servant. Now, what that means is what you say goes. Right. But also... What you say do, I have to do. So I'm going to be a servant. And so when you tell me in Matthew uh, uh, Matthew 19 mm-hmm. to go and serve and love people, then I'm going to do that. I have to do that because you're in charge. I'm right. your servant. You say go, I have to go. Uh, when you say love in, in Matthew 5, I have to now love and so being a servant means I'm going to submit to that now. Well, and, it, and, it, yeah. and it does mean that you are going to serve the church, and it does mean you're going to serve Absolutely. the people because God called us to. Yes. But now we give up our own life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think the reason I want to talk about this, I think so many people will say, yeah, I'm a servant of God, or, or I'm, a, I, I'm a prisoner for Jesus Christ. But do we really understand it's so easy, especially this, this, this book is, is a— written so long ago to a different culture, it's so easy for us to adopt those terms but become numb to them. Sure, It's so easy for us to adopt the word servant but not really think about what that means. It doesn't just mean I'm going to hand out pizza Mm -hmm. on Wednesday night. We love that. We're thankful for that. Yes, yes. But it means I'm going to do so much more than just serve. Mm -hmm. I'm going to live in submission to somebody else other than myself. And that's where I think we're talking around this one word and and we're going around it. And it's true. We we are. I'm. I've never met a believer in Christ who has not been extremely thankful and embraced the fact that through Christ they have salvation. Mm-hmm. The struggle point, lordship. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, is that you know again we're in a culture today where we want the cake and eat it too. We want to be able to have the benefit of what we want, but we want it our way. We want it in our context, our decision, the way we do it. And so salvation, I don't think for a lot of people has ever been the real holdup. Um, it's w- what comes next, which is yes, our salvation is is eternal, and it's it's our, our our the gift of God to us. But our service until that point in time falls under lordship. You know, it's like again, He makes the call, and our coming to Him means we do this. You and know? there should be just as much joy in our salvation as there is our service. Absolutely, because Paul says here it's a gift from God. Yes. Uh, like like it's a gift that we get to be servants mm-hmm. like it's a it's a it's a blessing it's not a oh here's the caveat to salvation right. now you have to serve or now you have right. to be under servant yeah here's the catch. it's not a, it's not a get you <laughs> right it's right. it's a both these things are good they're good and we should be joyful in yes. both of them mm-hmm. um 
good stuff there. I think once again, Paul is kind of writing this letter, kind of trying to validate himself with the with the reader that he is um, a a a missionary. Uh, he doesn't explicitly say that, but he he is living on mission for Christ Jesus. Um, and it talks in verse eleven. It says, "This is according to His eternal purpose." And it got me to thinking, uh, based on a couple conversations I had this week. How do we, I don't want to say how do we, how dangerous is it that many of us uh, that are believers in Christ minimalize our eternal purpose for him? Oh, man, it's, it's, it's incredibly difficult when we, from one side of our mouth, talk about the eternal purpose of God in our life, and we quote Jeremiah 29, 11, and then we question our, even, our own significance in the kingdom. Um, we, are, we are in a culture today where, if you have a platform, you have a voice. And a lot of us just do not fully appreciate, I think, our platform mm-hmm. that God has given to us. We talked a little bit, you know, again, beforehand, you know, that's easy for you and I to say as pastors. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's our, our calling, our role. We are to, this is who we are. We have a very visible platform. Yes. And we're, and, and we stand on a physical platform mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. week before people. And so the natural inclination is to think, well, that, that what he's saying has greater importance than how I, what I'm doing when it is just another face of, of a multifaceted thing. Or like God didn't here. call me to that. To that, so right. he has a better purpose. A better purpose, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think later on, um, uh, you know, in Paul's writings, in, you know, the Corinthians, when he talks about the body of Christ and spiritual giftedness and all that that comes in, I just don't think people realize how important that all that they do is, is again, that eternal purpose. There's one purpose and not that what you're doing or what I'm doing is more important. It's equally important because mm-hmm. it's what we are called to in that moment. So, it's, so uh, sorry, I didn't mean to no, interrupt. You're good, you're good. So people, I think, we forget, when we forget our purpose, we won't accomplish our purpose. Absolutely. And so when we forget that, uh, not even our purpose, when we forget that we have purpose, we won't even strive to accomplish mm-hmm. it. And so I think that's where it's really dangerous mm-hmm. is when people think that they don't have purpose. And you said something good that I hadn't thought about before, that nowadays it's so, I won't say it's easy, I'll say it's easier to have a main platform. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people today, if you were to think about, and probably even a little bit before I was born, uh, I would say really from the 2000s back, if you were famous, you were you were famous. Like, like if you were if you were famous and you were a TV star or musician, chances are most people knew who you were. Mm-hmm. How many famous people there are right now that uh, I don't have any idea who absolutely. they are? I'll hear something on the radio. Like, um, for instance, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about this gymnast, and they were like, uh, she was coming to a campus, and they said they had to bring in extra security just for her. And I said, I've never heard of this gymnast. How is she mm-hmm. this famous? But it's so easy today to, to, to create a platform on, on the Internet and to quickly rise. And so I, I say all that to say you may think, well, I don't have that. Mm-hmm. I don't have that platform. Or to have a purpose for God, I need to go create that. Right. Because at that point, I can then reach so many more people. And so let me let me say that I think our thinking in that now, if you want to go start a podcast, hey, we just started a podcast. So I'm not I'm not <laughs> right. I'm not telling you not no. to. <laughs> right. But what I'm telling you is don't minimalize your purpose. Now, this right here, this podcast is a part of my purpose. I did not do this to become purposeful. Right. I did this to add on to my purpose. And so uh, I say all that to say embrace 
your sphere now. Know your purpose and know the people that you are impacting now mm-hmm. and impact them. Oftentimes, we will overlook our purpose to something bigger, to something greater. We'll minimalize our purpose. And all we have to do is look around and say, this is my purpose. Mm-hmm. These people that I see every day, these four people, five people, two people, I ha- I see them every day. I'm going to affect them. I think this is also – oh, sorry. Keep going. No, I was going to say um, – I, I was sitting in on a, in, a, in a room the other day full of people. Uh, it was probably about 15 of us, and we were talking about the Super Bowl, um, and someone brought up, and, and this is a great point. They said, man, so many people are going to be impacted uh, by watching the Super Bowl because both both quarterbacks, the, the biggest position on the field, are believers, and they are professing Christians, and they have said in multiple interviews how their how much their faith means to them, and, and this person said, man, they're going to impact so many people, and they were right. They are. But oftentimes we look at those people and we we'll say, "Man, they have that they, they're going to affect people." Mm-hmm. In reality, uh, and I, I, I said in this room, I said, "Man, they are." But what the, what it'll probably do now? God can do whatever He wants to do with right. that message. But what it'll probably do is spark an idea in somebody, and then that somebody's going to see you tomorrow at your office, and you can talk mm-hmm. to them, yeah. and you can have the impact on them. Not Jalen Hurts, not not Patrick Mahomes. You're the one that Jesus put in their life. Not this TV star, not this football player. And so your purpose, you need to embrace the people that are around you mm-hmm. and say, hey, this is my purpose. I preached not too long ago uh, on discipleship. I think it was back in August or September. Um, and I encouraged people. I said, hey, you need to find somebody in your life to disciple. Once you are a believer and following Jesus, you then need to multiply that, right? Mm-hmm. And I could see uh, people's brains churning, like, who am I going to ask? Who am I going to talk to? And I looked around the room, and so many parents were thinking that. And I thought, you're overcomplicating this. It doesn't have to be some <laughs> brand-new coworker. It doesn't have right. to be – you don't have to go stand on the corner and hold a sign and say, hey, I, if you, know, you want to know Jesus, come talk to me. I want to mm-hmm. disciple somebody. You have children. Disciple yes. them. Who should I be discipling right now? My two kids. The kids. Family. I, I have like God says, "Hey, listen, Jonathan, you you don't have to go out looking for this. They they were born to you four years ago. Disciple them." And I think oftentimes, in in, in a lot of aspects of life, me and my wife had this conversation about five or six years ago, um, and we were talking about salvation and how we were in the, at the time we were in student ministry and how so many students struggle with their salvation and and we we thought you know most of them because they grew up in church they don't have like a the, theatrical story. Like they weren't in the pits of it and came right. out or, and, and, and so many times we think, and, and even us as pastors, sometimes we probably do an inadequate job of this, of teaching. It has to be this big theatrical moment. And it ha- Man, do you have faith in Jesus? Are you living for him? <laughs> yeah, That's what it is. Like that, or, or, is your life, is your life any different because of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Then, then, then you you've done it, and so we. But, but in life, and that's just one example. We try to make these big theatrical moments. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and I know I've talked a lot. Um, and he was talking about a totally different subject, but it's a good point for this and your purpose. So many people try to have Super Bowl moments. Mm-hmm. They try to live life in a Super Bowl, and when it doesn't happen, they're very disappointed. When you go on vacation with your family, you think, "Man, this is going to be a great vacation. I'm going to have all these experiences." It's going, and then you're two days in and you think I'm more tired than I was before I came. You don't need a Super Bowl moment. When it talks about your purpose, when you think about sharing the gospel Mm -hmm. with people, when you think about living uh, for the gospel, it doesn't have to be a Super Bowl moment. It needs to look a lot more like a scrimmage where we have to stop, press pause. Hey, you messed up. We got to do this a little bit different. 
All right, hold up, hold up, blow the whistle, stop. Let's think about this. Let's talk about this. Let's practice it again. That's what life should be like. That's what parenting should be like. That's what living for Jesus should be like. That's what your marriage should be like. That's what your work life should be like. It's saying, hey, let's go through this thing together. It doesn't all have to be perfect. Because if you're like me, listener or Chris, if you make life those big Super Bowl moments, what happens was you could see those players after the game Sunday, they were devastated that they lost. Right. Right. The loser was devastated. And if you make life, everything, marriage, parenting, living on mission for Christ, your job, a Super Bowl moment, when you mess up, you're going to be devastated. Absolutely. You're just going to be devastated. But when you make it like a scrimmage, it's like, oh, hold up, pause. We can redo that? Well, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Great. We get to try again. Yeah. If, if you live life like the Super Bowl, the Eagles won't get a chance to play again until maybe the next year. I mean, that might not even happen. It never, never happen. Right. And right. so we need a we need to see our purpose. Yes. As not less than, but just you get to try multiple ways. Mm-hmm. And you need to say it doesn't have to be this grand thing. I don't have to move to Africa. I mm-hmm. don't have to go to seminary. Um, now, God may be calling you to do both of those things. Absolutely. Right. But he doesn't have to. Yep. You you live on mission in your law office. You live on mission teaching those second graders. You live on mission putting out those fires. Mm-hmm. That's how we live on mission. It, that's how we have our eternal purpose. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that one of the dangers for us in this culture right now, so speaks to a lot of what you're saying, is that when we feel like our spiritual experience with Christ is not, up to par with somebody else's the danger is is we try to manufacture those moments yeah mm-hmm. we try to build a moment where we like oh man god's gonna be big in this and then we go through it we do and then and we were and you know the hundred people we thought were going to be saved because of this moment that we've manufactured it's dangerous in church and worship you know when you try to manufacture a moment to where you manufacture this mess you just you know you just build it to what you want it to be rather than embracing what paul already said here this gift of grace Mm -hmm. i mean you know we don't and i don't know how it is for you but probably the most impactful pastors in my life no one knows their name because they are just they live consistently they don't have a platform they don't have recognition but what they do have is an understanding of their significance in the kingdom and their faithful, consistent ministry. They're, you know, we can all name off big-time pastors right now, um, but some of the best and the most impactful in my life and others are people that you'll never hear about. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it wasn't the platform they were concerned about. It was the faithfulness of, of fulfilling that calling in their life. And I think that, and that only comes from humility, like Paul has here. He says, you know, I'm the least of this grace given to me, I'm the least of these people that are deserving of this. Um, and so that's where I think he finds his strength and obedience. He finds a significance in his humility. And and I think that's important. I think it's important that we don't just try to manufacture and build things for God to do at the same time ignoring what he's already doing. And I think that's where we can lose a lot. I really do. Yeah. So today, if you're listening, uh, we want to just encourage you to two things. One, uh, and they all go into one. Um, two things that go into one. One, um, submit to him. Mm-hmm. Submit to the Lord and say, hey, listen, I've, I've kind of been living for you, but I really just need to be a servant. I need to just fall under your lordship. I need to live under that. Uh, and then two, look around you and say, hey, what's my eternal purpose? Who can I impact that's already around me 
you may, you may look around and say, hey, I kind of already have, but I've been really envious of other people that have a platform. Embrace it. That's your eternal purpose. Absolutely. And so, hey, thanks for listening today yes. to Cud Talk. Uh, we'll be back next week. I believe we'll round out uh, Chapter 3. Yes, done with cool. Chapter 3. Cool deal. Cool deal. We will see you all next week on Cud Talk. <laughs>